Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Wednesday, June 7th, to talk about what I see in the housing market for the end of 2023. We need to talk about China's economy. Is it collapsing? Is it uh, not growing? What is going on there? We can talk about the cardboard recession. I did not even know that was a thing. But let's get into the daily financial news and talk about all things going on. Let's talk about first used car prices. Uh, Used car prices, like housing, has been one of those sticking points to inflation, right? Remember, we have three components, goods, housing, and wages. Uh, Looks like even used car prices are starting to come down. You can go ahead and look up a report by Cox Automotive. Uh, Used car prices fell again 2.7% month on month, and they are now down 11% year on year. Uh, it is really looking like inflation will start to roll over pretty significantly. We are going to get a huge signal if I am right next Tuesday. Again, I, I haven't um, I haven't seen an update, but I think the latest expectations for CPI headline are 4.2, 4.3%. Remember that last month they were 4.9. If you told me the over-under was 4.3%, I would take the under. And again, remember, I've been trying to highlight for you, this is the start of four months of generally easing inflation. It's just how the numbers work, right? First up, the first two months are large base effects. What is a base effect? So think about it this way. Line up 12 cups or... Yeah, just put 12 cups in a row, right? Just glasses, coffee cups, whatever you want. Put 12. What happens is each month has a number, right? So last month or last year, I believe the last cup that is rolling off had a number of 1.3, for example. So if that rolls off 1.3 and that cup that was number 12 becomes number one, and it has a number, say, of 0.3, the net change of the base effect is nine. So you dropped one, two, you added 0.3. Thus, the 12-month chain or series of cups has a negative 0.9. That is a very simplistic example. And we have two of those. So we are dropping the largest month this month. We will see that next Tuesday. We are going to drop the second largest month in July. Then we roll into the next two months of what I believe will be generally good housing inflation. It will finally break. It will start start to come down. So it would not shock me if CPI headline is in the low fours this month, in the mid threes next month, and sub three, what would that be? August, September, maybe September or October. And again, this is why I am convinced the Fed is on pause. Yes, they will talk tough. They have to talk tough. 
but that is where we are at. So again, what I expect to happen as far as inflation is it comes down. I then believe what will happen is you will start to see mortgage rates compress. I believe we've been generally in a holding period on rates. They have come down a little bit. As the mortgage bankers told us last week, they went from 6.95 to 6.85, still high, still uh, affordability problems. But I believe starting next Tuesday, uh, 5.30 a.m. Pacific, I believe, we are going to start to see rates come down in a meaningful way and have follow through the next month. So pay attention to that. That'll be some key information about the end of 2023 and this housing market, because it is definitely rates driven, but more on that in a minute. Uh, Janet Yellen's out talking about the banking industry, and I don't know if you should feel good or better or whatnot, uh, but she's basically acknowledging that there will be some more bank consolidation. Uh, I think that is certain. Again, I, I think I shared in a past video, one of my great concerns is that we go from roughly 4,500 banks to 800 right? It's been called the suit, the large super regionals. I don't think that's net good for the economy. I don't think that's, uh, you know, it, that creates a vibrant economy. Uh, if we go from, you know, three or four bank failures to, you know, a dozen uh, to more than that, but, um, you know, we don't, we don't go below 4,000 or 3,500 banks. I think that will be a net win. Uh, but yeah, there, we can definitely expect some more banking consolidation. Uh, talked a little bit about rates, right? They fell. Uh, looks like I had my numbers slightly wrong. They went from 6.91 to 6.81. Sorry, I went from memory. was off by a couple of basis points. Uh, but mortgage demand was down 2% week on week. Again, this is going to be something to watch as we get into the end of the year. Uh, a lot of people are like, hey, mortgage demand is down. Housing prices have to fall. I'm like, man, when are these people going to get a different talk track? It's getting very annoying. We need to watch inventory, right? And, um, you know, those are the things that we, we need to really follow a kind of on a weekly uh, basis, uh, really understand what's going on with new listing, what is going on with actives, pendants, price drops, lots of that stuff going on. And I think all the data uh, for the crash bros is not looking good. I think there's a very good chance that inventory, when you start comparing year on year, actually goes negative. It's already going negative for some cities like Las Vegas. Uh, I believe it will go uh, negative for the country, probably uh, August and September. Uh, so somebody was asking about the studio. Yeah, this is, this is uh, Olivia and I are out traveling again, right? One of the things you get to do when you are uh, uh, free, uh, you can travel. So uh, we, we decided to take another trip and uh, I found a location uh, that I could get, uh, that had an extra room. So I bought some, brought some equipment. I got to do the daily financial news. It's a habit. You got to, you got to do the work. You got to show people you mean what you mean. Uh, so, uh, we will still be doing our recordings and then going out enjoying life. So thank you for asking, uh, what's going on. Uh, there's a couple of other things going on. Paul Krugman, who is a Nobel prize winning economist. So, uh, you can say he knows his stuff. Uh, he is coming out and starting to say that it is looking like the Fed actually might thread the needle. What does that mean, thread the needle? It means the Fed and Powell may actually get the soft landing. Soft landing meaning no recession, positive growth, not meaningful growth, but yet not negative. Again, uh, that is still not my call. Uh, but again, Paul Krugman, uh, Nobel Prize winning economist, so certainly warrants the respect uh, does think the Fed can beat inflation back uh, without tanking the economy. 
and I just checked two things today. Again, we brought these to the channel weeks ago. You can check them yourself. Uh, you can go to trueflation.com. I just did this this morning. Trueflation.com, up-to-date metrics on inflation. Have it at 2.84. 2.84. And again, the last reading uh, was, I think, what, 4.9? So again... The Fed uses out-of-date data. It has this 12-month lagging stuff, all the stuff we've been educating you on. Uh, but up-to-date uh, inflation today is 2.84%. So again, the Fed is winning. If inflation is truly 2.84% and we have a Fed funds rate at 5.12, we have a true interest rate of 3% roughly. So again, uh, we haven't had a real inflation rate in quite a while. So again, um, we are restrictive, to use the Fed term, and we are really seeing that in different parts of this economy, i.e. used car, housing transactions, things of that nature. Uh, you can also go to GDP Now. GDP Now is a up-to-date metric. I think it updates a couple of times a week on what the expectation is for the current quarter. Uh, it has Q2 at positive 2%. So again, I, uh, I came out and said I thought Q2 would be the start of a recession. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I've admitted here in the last 48 hours that I'm probably wrong. I am probably wrong. And I probably have to wear that swing in a missed shirt. Uh, again, job market still strong. Uh, GDP now, a relatively up-to-date metric is showing a positive 2% growth. So uh, lots of stuff going on there. So again, these are numbers that you can go look for yourself. Trueflation.com and GDP now. I'm not sure if that's, it's not .com. It's probably .gov or .org or something like that. But you can find it. Just go to Google. I want to talk about housing in the second half uh, because I think there's some things that we need to watch together. Uh, now, obviously, you should always look at your buy box and your market. I look at Fresno. I look at California. And then I look at the country. You should look at yours. But I think there's a few things that I would watch for if, if I was shopping for homes today. One is it all starts with rates. I think based on this channel and all the experts that come back weekly for you, like Beth and Adrian and Omar and Jason and all these amazing folks, we know that rates matter. Uh, the closer rates are to 7%, uh, the less affordable it is and less transactions. You, the days on market grow. The closer rates get to 6%, it really does unlock uh, demand. And if, and again, I have, I'm not calling this yet, but, but Barbara Cochran actually, you know, got me thinking about it, which is, which is interesting. She's definitely a housing bull. She's always a bull. So be very cautious of bulls like that. But she basically pointed out that if rates fall to 5%, that, you know, real estate could really take off. And I think she's right. Cause again, we have, so we, we just don't have the supply, right? This is a supply demand driven business. Uh, I, I, let me be as clear as I can. I do not want rates to fall to 5%. I can't say it any other way. If the 30-year mortgage rate falls to 5% and we still have all these move-up buyers locked in, uh, we are going to have inventory and activity like March and April and May of 2022. Those three months were some of the most unhealthy real estate markets I have seen in 23 years not a place I like to play. It was, it was, it was like piranhas, you know, just feeding on a, you know, a carcass or something. I can't think of another analogy. It was just not good. I think if rates go that low, it's going to be not good again. 
And there will be markets that pop 10, 15, 20%. Again, not good. I don't want that. Uh, I hope rates settle, you know, five, nine to six, one, things of that nature. So again, we need to watch it because it all starts with rates. Then you need to look at active inventory. And again, uh, active inventory is important for me. It's kind of below the median and above. Nothing has changed. Uh, you should look at this in your market. Uh, I am seeing month supply like Beth Traverso yesterday showed a month supply of one month. That is not healthy. Uh, I think even if you go in and you look at the, the below and above the median, you'll see very, very different pictures. So again, do the work, folks. Do the work. It is, it is tough out there. Uh, affordability is tough. Uh, again, as I always do, what, what I am doing today is I'm no longer looking at first day listings. I am using higher rates uh, on older listings, uh, days on market, you know, but more than 45 days. That's where I'm trying to fish again. Uh, I want to find that seller that might be motivated. I am looking at homes that are vacant because, uh, again, maybe there are signs of stress and carrying costs and things of that nature. So those are the things I'm doing. Uh, and you know, maybe they'll work for you in your market. And then finally, the last thing to watch for is new listings. New listings are likely to disappoint. I think the last six months or so, they are down 20 to 25% from last year. But we need to watch that because if we do have a spike in unemployment and or you know whatever happens, I think it's new listings that will be the first sign that something is changing. So everybody wants to talk about price. To me, price is kind of a lagging indicator. I think the most up-to-date thing you need to watch is new listings. So if you have a buy box, you should be looking at it every day. This is kind of the tenant of one rental at a time. Definitely watch new listings. Are you seeing an uptick week on week, day on day, whatever that is? So those are the things that I'm looking for uh, as we go forward. So again, watch rates. Uh, you know, again, we've talked about IT spending. This again is an area that I spent 20 years in. Uh, IT stands for information technology. You can think uh, service desk, workflow, security, AI, you know, all of that stuff, CMDB, DevOps, all these areas that I, I sold software in. And one of the things that I've tried to highlight is that's going to be shrinking. People are going to be cutting back on licenses and maintenance costs. And I've always asked you to look at cybersecurity, right? Cybersecurity is that one bucket that gets the marginal spend. And I believe it was last week, it might've been the week before we started to get some earnings warnings from cybersecurity. So again, tech spending is going to go down. It, it can't help but go down. And there are some companies in that space uh, with some pretty high multiples going into what will likely be a multi-quarter earnings recession. So be very careful. My Rolodex is obviously full of lots of real estate folks, of course, uh, but given my track record of selling software, I am hearing from a lot of software sales guys about pipelines expanding, expanding sales cycles expanding, uh, fighting with competitors just to keep your install base. It is, it is tough out there, so, so be very careful. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but it looks like uh, Arizona is limiting construction in and around Phoenix uh, because of water supply issues. I'm sure the housing bears and the doomers have all thoughts about that, but I want to ask you this. If there's a lot of demand in Phoenix and for whatever reason you start to curtail development, you start to reduce building, what do you think happens? I mean, at some point, these are simple supply and demand uh, equations. 
So again, if Phoenix continues to be the hotbed of demand, and we've seen inventory in Phoenix completely collapse, right? It, 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 I think it was up to like 14 or 15,000 listings like nine months ago, and today it's like 7,000 or something. Uh, but now if you take new units off the market and new future units off the market and Phoenix still stays desirable for folks to move to, which I'm sure it will, what do you think happens to price? I think that's, you know, the, I know a lot of folks are, are pointing at Phoenix saying, oh my God, groundwater, run away. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right attitude. I think that's more of a doomer headline, uh, just reaching for any negative information. I certainly don't see it that way. Uh, something that I learned the other day, there's actually something called a cardboard recession. Who knew? Uh, but yes, there are people that track the need and usage of cardboard. And apparently it has been a great leading indicator for recessions. Uh, in the U.S., the cardboard recession has started. Uh, there has been a fall in demand uh, for the last several quarters. I want to push back on that a little bit again, because I think what is happening today is not your normal cardboard recession, right? Let's, let's just think about this together. What did we do the last two years as consumers? I think most of us got addicted to buying from Amazon or Etsy or wherever your favorite shopping platform was. And as we should all know, all of those show up in cardboard boxes. So A, we had increased uh, demand or usage for two years. And B, now what are we doing? Well, I'm a great example of that. We're, we're not buying stuff. We're, we're doing experiences. Uh, so I think actually what's going on today is, is cardboard recession is fine because, again, we We've kind of been there, done that. Uh, but now people are spending money elsewhere, whether it's eating out or going on trips. Uh, so again, I think, I think my recession call is going to prove wrong uh, because I think we're seeing people deploy capital elsewhere. So again, lots of stuff going on there. Kind of the big news of the day, I think, was China. Yes, China uh, exports plunged. And this, this could be... This could be the start of something. So let's just let's rewind and talk about what the expectations were. So China exports for the month of May were expected to be negative 0.4%. So certainly not great, but not earth-shattering. Well, for the month of May, China export exports plunged, collapsed, crashed, whatever word you choose to use, 7.5%. That's like a... What is that? 900% miss to the downside? So again, what does this mean? This goes back to the cardboard recession. Folks, I think we're buying less stuff. I think we're buying less stuff. So again, I think that will be ultimately deflationary, right? Because all the supply chain bottleneck, uh, the whipsaw effect, all of that is going to stack up. We're going to see retailers start to discount stuff. And oh, by the way, we're shopping elsewhere on services and experiences. But yeah, China economy is, is in trouble. Obviously, it went through a couple of years of pretty drastic lockdowns. Uh, it's, it's now open. People are out doing things. But they've got an economic problem, right? And let's not forget about China real estate. Remember Evergrande when we were talking about that two or three years ago, just being a complete collapse? Uh, there's a lot of pain and I suspect we're going to start hearing about China. Um, I don't know if it will, probably won't be called stimulus because I think stimulus is, is, is more of a consumer and individual. But I think the China leadership is going to have to goose the economy. 
I think they have some real issues going on. And, you know, the, the years of, you know, whatever it was, China growing 10% and pulling the economy along, I think can clearly be over. Some of that's because of the supply chain and onshoring and all of that. Uh, some of that's because it's cheaper to make elsewhere. Um, so again, there's a lot of stuff going on. And again, uh, we are out on a trip. Uh, I wanted to talk about my courses really quick because I want to make an offer to you. Uh, for the longest time, I really had two courses, you know, how to get started one rental at a time. It's the most frequently purchased. It's $400 or $399. And then I had your get your money right course at $99. I want to try something. Over the last month, I have been working really, really hard to create courses that are under 50 bucks. Uh, we have several of them now. We have the mastermind. We have the buy box. We have the late legends of real estate. You know, all of these stuff for 47 bucks. Oh my goodness, Ray, a hundred dollar super chat. Uh, that is pretty amazing. Let me see what you said. You said one day I will let you know how much money you've made me with all the daily information you give for rentals. Thank you, sir. You have earned a hundred bucks. Wow, Ray. Uh, that is greatly uh, appreciated. Uh, Ray, do me a favor, Ray, reach out to me somehow, maybe on Instagram or my website. I want to send you an autograph book. I want to send you one of these. You can pick which one, one rental at a time or 15 uh, conversations with real estate millionaires. I'll send you an autograph book for free. That is uh, very, very generous, uh, very unexpected. Uh, so, wow. Thank you so much. So again, Ray, reach out. I want to send you an autograph book. Uh, but back to my courses. I want to try something. I've never done really sales or anything like that. I want to do the following. If you buy my course, one rent, how to get started one rental at a time, that's $3.99 or $7.99 if you want mentoring, I will give you two of my $50 courses for free. If you buy it, you know, today or this week, it's, you know, this is just me talking. So I'm, I'm, I want to see how this works. And then if you buy my Get Your Money Right course, which is $99, I will give you one free $50 course. Uh, so again, I think the Mastermind's amazing, the Buy Box, all of these things. Uh, so again, uh, I'm going to try this. We'll, we'll run it for this week. So what is today? Wednesday? So for the next three days, if you buy How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, uh, you'll get two $50 courses that you can pick. If you buy Get Your Money Right, you'll get one free course. And yes, I am a good person. If you bought one of these courses in the last week or a couple of weeks and you would like a free course as well, of course, I will take care of you. I would never do my fans dirty that way. Just reach out to me. Uh, we'll work it out. This is just me. <laughs> I am traveling, so I might be a little slow. Uh, but yeah, it. Um, I want to try this. Uh, I wanted to create some courses to get people started like the Buy Box and the Mastermind and the Ladies of, of Legends and all of that. Um, so I don't know if this is called a bundle or whatever this is called. So, uh, give it a shot. If you, if you thought about it, maybe this is the reason to start how to get started one rental at a time. You get two free $50 courses. And if you get your money right, you'll get one $50 course. And if you bought them over the last three or four weeks, I will of course honor that. Um, cause I would never do my fans dirty that way. So again, thanks. Thank you for all that you do. Ray, please reach out to me. I want to send you an autograph book that your choice. Have a wonderful day. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.